Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us from Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And no surprise, the topic of wind and rain it seems to be what everybody's talking about as we look at the harvest delays, either because of one or the other at this point. And I, I understand, Sue, it's, it's kind of rainy out your way and harvest delays continue. Well, it does. And, you know, we, as of last Monday, well, or Sunday, I should say, we still had over 70% of the corn crop yet to be harvested, which means a lot of late planted corn yet to come out. And on the beans, 47% of the beans were out. So you're talking over 50, 53% left of the crop there too. So we don't have a real good clue yet as to what the later planted crops are really doing. And in the meantime, we have, um, you know, we're, the longer this weather delays us, the harder it's going to be for NAS to give us a good bona fide yield estimate in November. So we'll have to see where we're at, you know, when we come into the month's end. But it's very concerning. And then we look at the market here, and it's just meandering. Beans have had a hard time getting back up over last week's highs. But on the same token, um, the market came down today on November and tested last week's low by within a half a cent and turned around and rallied again. It, the market is very tenuous. It seems like it's catching buying on the brakes, but it can't seem to push forward to take out that June high. And June is always thought to be a toggle month. You know, if you take out the highs of it, you'll push on farther. And if you take out the lows of June, then you break down farther. And so we look at the markets, and, of course, you've got uh, the presidential uh, elections in Argentina this weekend. Uh, Argentina's peso is at a seven-week low, and that's at 58.9 to $1 U.S. dollar. And Argentina's inflation is just, you know, ongoing. And then you look at um, uh, the concern. There, there's thoughts that uh, Mauricio Macri, the current president may get beat out by Fernandez, and if he takes power, then it's expected he's going to boost export duties, and that's a concern for the farmer in Argentina. He's not real happy about that. So we'll see what happens. The Argentine exporters have had reduced export taxes for, well, this might be the fourth year, at least the third, and so I'm sure the farmer in Brazil or Argentina is a little concerned. Then you have in Brazil, the real is gaining speed, uh, firming. And, you know, there's been uh, pension reform going on. And Brazil's Senate on Tuesday um, has cleared that. Now in November, the president, Bolsonaro, will sign that bill. And then that should reduce public spending by some $200 billion over the next decade. And it's thought that that is going to stabilize Brazilian finances. And that could be very positive for their currency gaining on the U.S. dollar. And if that occurs, that's certainly going to help our our prices become more competitive. You know, just like the struggles we've seen here this entire growing season, Argentina and Brazil have had some struggles as well. Are we going to see some rain move in, help with the weather issues that they've been having? I think so. Um they're expected to be catching some pretty good rains here in southern uh, Cordoba and Buenos Aires coming weekend. And Brazilian rainfall should favor Mato Grosso, Paraná, Rio Grande de Sul in the south. And so it's thought that as we go towards November that the rain in Brazil is going to 
make the amount of percentage of dry areas smaller, maybe down to 15%. What, um, looking at the, uh, the ethanol side of it, I know the ethanol report showed some rebounds in production. We know there's been a lot of discussion with the EPA as to what they're going to be doing with the RFS, et cetera. How do you see that affecting the way this corn market continues to trade? Well, I continue to feel that corn's still fairly reasonable, and I know that um, the blenders need it. To, they like it to be cheaper, but they've had it cheap for a long time. In the meantime, I think that when we look at crude, you know, there's another factor that comes into play as to how well the crude oil price, what effect it has on on you know ethanol as far as competition, and you know, crude oil's up nice again today. It's up a dollar thirty-two on the D's at fifty-five eighty. So I would have to think that uh, when I look at the markets here, um, I kind of think that uh, ethanol blending fuel or blended fuel is cheap or reasonable. And if we were into summertime, that would be very competitive. Um, these ethanol plants say that you know their you know, prices are too high, you know, for in front of it and what have you. But I got to say, if if crude oil continues to keep its strength, I think that's going to be very uh, supportive towards back towards corn. Well, speaking of the fuel, let's switch gears to the uh, diesel and the, I am just drawing a blank, Sue. Um, being able to dry down grain is what I'm trying to say. Um, looking at that, what do you see in the market? How do you see that affecting the bottom line for these producers that are going to have to do some dry down? Well, this seems like a year when we're going to see drying costs increase. And it's going to just cut into their profitability again. And it's not such an easy fall. And if you're having to dry, that then drags out your harvesting pace. I would have to say it's just going to nick into the profits that the farmer is hoping to gain. Um, we still continue to see pretty good inverted basis levels in some areas and good basis levels in others. Um, I think that the commercial realizes that this year he's got to grab a hold of whatever's going to be available between now and December because once that farmer gets done and locks up that crop, he's not going to move it. Good. By the way, the word I was trying to think of was propane. Stick around, folks. We've got, we've got a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us from Ag and Investment. And again, the word I was trying to think of was propane. And we know that there's a lot of uh, dry down, as Sue mentioned, that is going to be taking place. As we look at this market as a whole, it is extremely quiet. And I asked you during the commercial break, does that make folks nervous because we're seeing such a quiet market right now? Well, I think that, uh, one, farmers are just so busy trying to get stuff done that maybe they're not paying attention to it. But on the same token, there's that old saying, never sell a quiet market or kick a sleeping dog because they'll both bite. And if you look at the cattle market, we've been noticing a behavior there where the market, you know, had been running and running and running. Then all of a sudden came into a healthy correction. The bull spreads gave up. Uh, they did it again today. October's is up 82 on the fats and December's up $1.75. 
for a dollar fifty-five. I guess I'm looking at the asks here. October's was up thirty-two, and December's up a dollar fifty-five. So you know, we now have the Octis cattle spread five dollars apart, and so I think that when you look at um, the market, it's, I'm just wondering if these grains aren't going to start to do the same thing, where they get a push, and then all of a sudden it goes a little quiet, market breaks, and then the next thing you know, it's singing right back up in your face. We made new highs today on Feb cattle for this move from the lows. And so I think that when we look at these markets, you know, first off, the cold storage report that came out here this week was really pretty friendly, especially in, in beef and frozen beef. Um, stocks were much less, I don't mean to this, I want to say down 8%, but much less than what traders were expecting. It just shows that the demand is good for the meat. And I know that um, the economist, Schiller, has come out and stated that he thinks that because of the spending, the pro-spending that the consumer seems to have, that we're going to continue to see a better economy, that we shouldn't see a recession for quite some time. That's kind of an interesting take because you keep, I keep getting emails anyway from various sources about how we're going into a recession and blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't really convinced that, you know, Schiller wasn't convinced that that's the case. And so, you know, time will tell. But I guess where I'm going with this is if you have low um, unemployment, people are working. And when they're working, they're spending money on food. They always got to eat food. Um, and, and they always tend to, uh, if they're getting money brought in, they're going to go out and eat a little better, maybe hit a restaurant or what have you. And so I think that's a, a positive for the cattle market. And then, of course, the hog market, you know, we're waiting on to, you know, in our uh, shipments, we did see pork go to, uh, to China this this week. And so, you know, China's going to start to open the door more, I think, for U.S. pork. And, of course, China's making deals around the world, be it whether it's beef or pork. And I think they would have done that anyway. Um, I think that they're just trying to, you know, not have all their eggs in one basket. But they do know the U.S. Um, uh, market is a very good market. We have good quality products. And you've got Smithfield, who does not have ractopamine in his pork, and JBS has said as of January 1, they're going to do away with it. And Tyson has said as of February 1, they're going to do away with it. Well, that's going to slow down the pace of all these hog numbers coming to market. But a long story short is that um, I think, one, that means more feed usage to finish out those last 30 days. And then the other thing is, you know, um, the uh, buying by China, I think, will be uh, stepped up. You know, I'm wondering, as as you look at, obviously, China, everybody waits on bated breath for some sort of reaction to happen, whether it's a tweet or, or a news alert. But the hogs and the soybeans, they just continue to be this pendulum that swings back and forth waiting for something to happen. Oh, my goodness, yes. In fact, when you look at the hog market, the December hogs will be up strong one day and maybe even the feds, and the next day they're down hard. And then they work their way back up and get a big up day, and then they come back with hard down day. But ultimately, they are trying to climb the ladder a little bit. We need to see December hogs take out 72.27, and I think that'll open the door for even more. Looking at uh, 
quickly on the on these cattle market to see sales on a Wednesday, and we saw some strings out of Nebraska selling at 109 live and about one dollar lower than last week's. Does it set the tone that there's a need for cattle out there since we saw a pickup midweek like this? Um, I think we do need cattle, um, but I you know we're getting deliveries, and I think because we're catching the deliveries, they're not aggressive, but we are getting deliveries. And because we're getting some deliveries on the fats, I think that that's probably also what broke the bull spread in the October to Ds. And, of course, you know, you look at feeder cattle and, you know, they led the way down earlier this year. Then they turned around and led us back up. It's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue. Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day and hopefully we can get this harvest done. Exactly. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.